instructed on how we can exercise reading is from Titus, the second chapter. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. This is the word of the Lord. We uh, continue this sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit, and so on our tree, we have added the fruit of faithfulness. Faithfulness. One of my favorite Bible verses comes from the book of Revelation, Revelations 2.10, where the Lord Jesus says to people who are being persecuted, who are, whose lives are being threatened, and Jesus said this, be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful, even if you die. And I will give you the crown of life. Faithfulness. What is it? What is, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is keeping your word. If you give your word, faithfulness is, is keeping your word. It's being trustworthy. Faithfulness is being dependable. Faithfulness is this. You can count on me. And faithfulness is one of the part of the fruit of the Spirit. When young people come to me to be married, a lot of them think that the, the marriage is made by the by the, the wedding the license that you have to get. And the license got nothing to do with it. The license is just to notify the government what happened. Actually, actually, the marriage license is my license. Thank you for the license. Because the license says anybody who has this license is authorized to perform the wedding. So it's my license. But the license doesn't make the the wedding. What makes the wedding, what makes the marriage, are the promises. And the wedding vows are very clear about um, about marriage. So that says... um, uh, so when I talk to people, for better, for worse. And it could be worse. In sickness and in health. And it could be sickness. For richer, for poorer. And it could be poorer. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to make those promises? So the, the wedding service goes like this. I take you to be my husband and wife. To have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse, it could be worse. For richer, for poorer, it could be poorer. In sickness and in health, it could be sickness. To love and to cherish until death parts us. And therefore, having said all of that, and therefore, I pledge you my faithfulness. Now, the old thing we used to say was, I plight thee my troth. When was the last time you plighted a troth? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, see, some people got married saying, I plight thee my trust. But what it means is, what it means is, on the basis of all of these things that could happen, I pledge you my faithfulness. You can count on me. That's what marriage is all about. The promise you can count on me. And faithfulness is, one of the, is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, before we talk about the fruit of the, of the Spirit, about faithfulness, I want to talk about faithlessness. Faithlessness. 
there are lots of examples of faithlessness. When you study the Old Testament, what you find out is that the Hebrews, God's chosen people, were a faithless people. For hundreds and hundreds of years, they were, right? Bible study Monday night, you'll find out that they were a faithless people. They just were. Church. Because the Lutheran church in Germany backed Hitler. And all the stuff that Hitler was doing, killing the Jews and taking over Europe. It was a faithless church. And only a few people had faithlessness, faithfulness to stand up to Hitler. One of them was, was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a wonderful German Lutheran pastor. And Bonhoeffer died at the end of a Nazi rope. He was faithful unto death. And God gave him the crown of life. But I want to think about faithlessness. You remember that uh, the night that Jesus was arrested, they were up at the upper room, and he gave them the bread and wine. This is my body, this is my blood, and they shared in that. And then they left the upper room, and they made their way out, out the, the main gate of the city of Jerusalem, down the Kidron Valley, and up the other side to go to Gethsemane. And while they were walking, Jesus said, you know, before this night is over, you're all going to desert me. And Peter said, no, I'm never going to do that. I'll never desert you. He said, yes, before the night is over, you're going to desert me, and the cock, the rooster will crow three times. And Peter said, no, no, that'll never happen. You can count on me, because I'm not going to desert you ever. Well, you know what happened. They got to the Garden of Gethsemane, and the soldiers came, and they could see because it was so dark, they could see the line of torches coming down into the Kidron Valley, coming over, and they came, and they confronted Jesus, and they arrested him, and what happened? The disciples fled. Peter ran away. So much for you can count on me. I guess Peter remembered what he had said, and so he made his way to the, to the house of the high priest where Jesus was being, being kept to see what was going on. And uh, I love this part, because little maid, maiden girls, girls, mind you, slave girls, got the best of them. One of them said, oh, you, you were with Jesus. He said, no, I wasn't. Are you kidding me? I wasn't with Jesus. Oh, yes, you were with him. No, I wasn't with him. Yes, you were, because you were a Galilean. And Peter cursed and said, I don't know him. And the rooster crowed three times. And Peter ran out and wept bitterly. So much for, you can count on me. So much for faithfulness. He was faithless. And he wept. Morning. Remember the women went to the tomb to give Jesus a proper burial. And they saw an angel. And the angel spoke two of the most marvelous words that have ever been spoken. And those words were this, and Peter, and Peter, tell his disciples, and make sure you tell Peter that I'm going to Galilee, and he'll see me again. His faithlessness was forgiven. 
And Jesus wanted to make sure that no matter how badly Peter felt that he had been forgiven, faithlessness can be forgiven. And faithlessness can actually be a character builder. If you're caught in something faithless, and understand that you were faithless, you can decide you're not going to do it again. I was once caught in cowardice. And I knew I was a coward. And I decided I will not do that again. Sometimes failure can be character building. And faithlessness can be character building. In Peter's case, the faithlessness was character building because Peter was crucified. Probably in Rome. He was crucified upside down. According to legend. Because he said, I am not worthy to die as my Savior died. He was faithful unto death. And God gave him the crown of life. Now that's the negative part. Now the positive part. Faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is just keeping your word. Being dependable. Saying you can count on me. In the early days of the church, the people who became Christians made that statement when they were baptized. Yes, they're going to be faithful to Jesus Christ. They're going to love him and follow him. Last Sunday, I asked William right here, would you love the Lord Jesus and do your best to follow him? And William said, yes. He gave his word. I trust his word. But for most of us who were baptized as infants, other people spoke for us first. Other people said, yes, that child is going to be faithful. And along the way, you have to, you have to speak for yourself. Now, I think, is that Mary, is that right? You were confirmed just now, weren't you? I don't think I was there for that because you were playing tennis. <laughs> right? And, and, and Pastor Shears confirmed you. Is that right? I remember. And you gave your word. And how old were you? Then. Thirteen. And you gave your word. How good is your word? See, for me, 13 is much too young. What do you know when you're 13? When you're 13, can you make a promise for a lifetime? You know, if it was up to me, it would be 16 or 17 or 18. Up in, up in Rogers at the church, many of the young people came to me and said, Pastor, you know, I wish I could be confirmed now when I'm 18 or 19 or 20. Because then... I know what life is about. I was much too young. I didn't know what I was talking about. I fought that battle, and I can't win that battle, so we confirm people at, at 13 or 12. I was 13. What did I know? I didn't know anything. But I made a promise, and I've sought to keep my word over the years. I want to be faithful. You want to be faithful. You want to tell Jesus you can count on me. Faithfulness, part of the fruit of the Spirit. I understand that when you're a Marine, 
When you're in the Marine Corps, there's a saying, once a Marine, always a Marine. Is that right? <laughs> once you're in the Marine, you're a Marine forever. And I think that's true because the indoctrination of becoming a Marine is really, really hard. You put up with a lot of stuff. And it gives you an identity. It's said with conviction and, and, and faithfulness, I'm a Marine, no matter how old I am. I wish people would say, I'm a Christian, with the same kind of conviction. I'm a Christian, I'm a lifelong Christian. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I stand for Jesus Christ. I'm going to let his, let his light shine through me. I'm going to be faithful to him. Glad to be a Christian. Some of you were involved in Via de Cristo. Who's in, who is in Via de Cristo? Okay. Oh, good. Now, here we go. When we finished, Via de Cristo, by the way, is, is a weekend experience with Christian brothers and sisters thinking about life and thinking about the gospel. Via de Cristo means the way of Christ. And at the end of Via de Cristo, you get a cross. This is mine. And on the back it says, Christ is counting on you. And they put it around your neck. And that's the assignment, that Christ is counting on you. That's what they said to us. Christ is counting on you to serve him and to love him and to to let your light shine. Imagine that. The Savior of the world is counting on you to be patient and kind. Not to be jealous or rude or boastful. He's counting on you when you have the opportunity to speak his name and not be afraid to do that. He's counting on you. He's counting on me to be faithful. And among us, we're faithful. This wonderful church formed just two years ago. We're faithful to each other. We're, we're committed to the ministry that is, in, that is in this church. Now you know we're going to bump into each other from time to time, right? Anybody have any doubts about that? We are going to bump into each other from time to time. We must be faithful with each other and patient with each other and, and loving with each other. At the convention, this meeting I went to, there was a wonderful, uh, there was a, a, um, a survey done about, in Chicago a couple of winters ago, a number of people froze to death. It was so cold. And they did a study about the people who died. And they discovered that none of them belonged to a church. None of them had someone to lean on. None of them had someone they could go to and ask for help. They had nobody to count on. We can count on each other. And this church must be able to count on every one of us. And one more thing about faithfulness. And I want to ask all the boys and girls to come up again now. Jacob and Eli, come on, come on. Mary, I want you to come up. Uh, Peyton, come on up. Olivia, come on up. Come on up, come on up. That's Amia, come on up. Come on up, who else? Come on up. Now, I want you to get in a row here. Good, good. 
Okay. Uh, get get in, in, in stand up. Get in according to age. According to age, and face me. Okay, sort out by age. Okay. Well, no, Peyton, I need you. I need you desperately. No, no, the young one in the back. The young one's in the back. The older one's in the front. There, we see we need you because you're important. Um, you figure out who's the oldest here. All right. Now, what we have here is a parade. And I'm at the front of the parade, okay? And now, now face me. Well, face, look, at, look at each other's back. Now, this is a, a parade, and, and I'm at the front of the parade. Now, of all the people in the Eli. Six. Six. Looks at Everett, and Everett looks at Jacob, and you look at him, and they're watching that we have to be faithful to each other. We have to be faithful to start that up. Be faithful to our children, because someday I'm going to be gone, and you're all going to move up one. And someday, Peyton, you're going to be at the front of the line. And you're going to be at the front of the line someday. And there'll be people behind you looking at you and how you do the Christian faith. Run it. Now let's look, watch this. The journey of the narrow road. How many remember the small, the, the narrow door? That's what this is about. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who have gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful. Encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race not only for But as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly
Who's behind you, Peyton? And who's behind you? Who's behind you? And you. Who's behind you? Look who's behind you. We're looking at you. And who's behind you? Children? Grandchildren? Great-grandchildren? Christianity is not just taught. It's caught. I caught it from my mother when she taught me how to pray. And one faithless act can cut the throat of a hundred wonderful things. Those who come behind us, may they find us faithful. Jesus said, be faithful unto death. Even if you die in bed, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. I want to thank all this. Isn't this wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? May they and all the children you know find you faithful. You can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. I know it was hard. I didn't know. I forgot why you missed the thing. I got a note. I'm sorry about that. But I remember your confirmation. I'm proud of you. Thank you.